Thanks for listening to the Thyroid Fixer podcast with your host, me, Dr. Amy Horneman, aka the Thyroid Fixer, functional medicine practitioner, hormone and weight loss expert. We're talking all things thyroid, hormone and health related in order to empower, educate and transform you. So if you're ready to get your life back, let's get started. Today, we're going to do a nice, quick, easy breakdown of all the different labs that you have to get, because I know we have downloads out there. We have sheets out there for you to have in your possession to either order the labs yourself or take them to your practitioner so they can order them for you. And we're just going to make it real easy so you can listen to it and take notes here too. And then that way you can understand the why behind each lab. Are you sick of hearing me talk about Young Goose yet? Well, that's too bad because I love them and I have been using them now for years, probably about two or three years. And I can honestly say that my skin looks great. So I go to my plastic surgeon's office to get a little bit of Botox, right? And he says, what are you doing for your skin? Because your skin looks great and I'm 50. It's going to be Young Goose. You know, I've never had the ability to do those ablative lasers that are supposed to refresh and renew your skin. I just can't do it. I break out. So I love a good product line that is actually going to do something with my skin and help me not age. So whether we're talking about eye cream, finding that perfect eye cream, whether you're finding that perfect collagen boosting cream that smooths out wrinkles, Young Goose has it all. I use pretty much everything in their line, but my favorites are going to be the Care Moisturizer. This has NAD and NAD boosting powers to it, which obviously helps your skin. We love NAD for anti-aging. I use the Hyperbaric Mask at night. I put that on. Oh my gosh, it just renews and replenishes and hydrates my skin I use the ProCare Serum. This is an anti-aging serum. It's senolytic, meaning it's going to seek out and destroy the bad cells and promote new cell growth. I use the Adaptogenic Cleanser. I use the Amplifying Essence, which really kind of boosts up your skincare. Overall, Bio-C Peptide Spray as a toner. Their entire line is fantastic. If you even start with two to three products, you will notice a difference in your skin. So you're going to go to younggoose.com and you're going to use the code Dr. Amy. This is going to save you 5% off. Now, is it a ginormous savings? No, but their line is so precise and so grounded in science. This is what they can offer. And, you know, I love the owners too. I think buying from, from a family owned company is so important. And if you met the owners, you would fall in love and want to, use their products every single day because you know that their heart and soul is literally behind this line. So younggoose.com, use the code Dr. Amy. You will notice a difference in your skin. Have you ever heard of the baobab fruit? It's really interesting. And it is such an affordable way to increase your antioxidants because this thing is a multi-talented, multivitamin, multi-mineral, one-of-a-kind supplement in powder form that you throw into your shakes. Oh my God, it just pretty much becomes a no-brainer. 
So this particular Baobab boost from Trim Healthy Mama, my two favorite ladies on the planet, they introduced me to this amazing antioxidant and I fell in love. I put it in all the time. Every single shake that I have, I put the Baobab powder in. It's citrus and sherbet tasting dried flesh, has five times the fiber of oats and a higher antioxidant level than any food on the planet. That's eight times that of the super berry acai and more than blueberries and pomegranates combined. So quit eating all the sugar and just use organic baobab fruit pulp. It's that easy because Trim Healthy Mama, they put that into a nice powder. Like I said, I just scoop it right out throw it into my shake. Oh my gosh, it reduces inflammation. It helps with weight loss. And the other really interesting thing about it is it's kind of working as an appetite suppressant. Now I know it's not touted for that, but when you put it in your shake, especially first thing in the morning, throw that into a nice protein shake, you'll notice that your appetite is definitely curbed. So now I'm thinking of this perfect stack to replace or or supplement those GLPs out there on the market. What if we did Baobab and Metabolism Fixer together? That would be crazy at controlling your appetite. And with the Baobab, you're getting all those antioxidants. It's, it's amazing. And this powder is so affordable. It is so affordable. So you're going to go to store.trimhealthymama.com and look up Baobab. It's B-A-O-B-A-B, Baobab Boost Powder. Uh, these ladies have just gone all out with their entire line, but this is one of my favorites because I started using it. And I have to say that I noticed the appetite suppression difference. And then when I dove down the rabbit hole of what else is in it, the antioxidant content, the multi-mineral content, it just becomes a no-brainer. So store.trimhealthymama.com. Look for Baobab powder. Enjoy. Now I'm going to go a little bit beyond thyroid. So hang in there if you're like, yeah, yeah, I've heard all the thyroid labs to get. I know. We're going to talk just about a couple other ones that are worth mentioning because they give us the whole picture. I mean, I could sit here for an hour and tell you each individual lab that I order on patients prior to even seeing them for the first time so that we can have that whole beautiful picture in front of us. But I'm not going to go down that huge rabbit hole. We would be here forever. Let's just go over the labs that you 100%, without a doubt, absolutely no questions asked. We can't even get the whole picture unless you get these labs. And many of you are in my Girl Fix Your Thyroid Facebook group. If you're not, I welcome you to join because it's awesome and you're missing out. You you should totally have FOMO if you're not in my Facebook group. But in there, I still see people posting their labs because you can do that. You can post your labs, get feedback from myself, from my team, from other people that have just been there and done that and totally know what to say to you. A lot of times I'm in there going, hey, yeah, what Susie said, because she answered you exactly how I would. But you can post your labs in there. And many times I will see people posting their labs without a reverse T3, without a free T3. 
half of the sex hormones are done. And we really cannot give you an answer unless you get all of the labs. So let's break them down. Y'all know about TSH, that's standard, standard. But you know what I'm gonna say about this? Quit worrying if your TSH is suppressed. And if you're working with a practitioner who is also worried that your TSH is suppressed, leave that practitioner now. Because if you don't, you are going to remain hypo. I don't care if they have a functional, integrative, alternative, whatever title that they're using. If they're not practicing under that title, such as not giving a shit about a low TSH, then you got to go. You have to run. TSH, thyroid stimulating hormone. If you've been listening, if you've been following, if you've been reading anything about your own health and thyroid testing, you know it is a pituitary hormone and it will go up when the pituitary senses that the thyroid gland is not making enough thyroid hormone, T4 and T3. It will go down in one of two cases and they do not overlap. They will go down in one of two cases. TSH will go down in one of two cases. If you are truly hyperthyroid, which is actually incredibly rare. Now we see a lot of graves swinging into Hashimoto's. We see a lot of hyper autoimmune hyperthyroidism swing the other way into a hypo state. I see graves antibodies go along with Hashimoto antibodies. The two can coexist because they're both autoimmune conditions. When we see one, we see more than one and absolutely your body can produce TPO and TGA antibodies against your own thyroid gland, even when there is a positive TSI as a Graves state, as a hyper state. So we might see the TSH suppress in an actual hyperthyroid state, or in the case of Graves disease, when you're being first diagnosed, that TSH will go down, but it will be in correlation with other markers. So the TSH will be low in the case of Graves or hyper, the TSH will be very, very low and suppressed and the free T3 and the free T4 hormones will be elevated. So your thyroid gland will literally on its own, not with medication on board, such as thyroid medication, your thyroid gland will overproduce T4 and T3 and we'll see those elevated as well, which is why we cannot diagnose hyperthyroidism based on TSH alone. You have to look at the whole picture. So then we move on to the second case of TSH going down when you are on thyroid hormone replacement and any T3 is on board in the form of NDT, cytomel, lyothyronine, or in the cases, which I have also seen, when a person is on a large amount of T4 medication for a long period of time, the TSH will naturally go down and become suppressed because the pituitary is sensing there's enough thyroid hormone on board in the body. Now, whether you're optimal or not is a different story, but the Pituitary senses, there's enough thyroid hormone in the body. This is the whole hypothalamic, pituitary, thyroid axis. One talks to the other one, talks to the other one, and gives a feedback on what's going on. It's like reporting back to your, your officer. Things are well here. You don't have to yell at the thyroid gland to make it produce more thyroid hormone because all is well. So that's another case where TSH might be suppressed. Once you are on thyroid hormone replacement therapy, I really don't care what your TSH is. And it also is worth mentioning that post-thyroid cancer, we want that TSH suppressed to prevent 
tissue regrowth. We do not want that TSH actually even above a one because we do not want tissue regrowth to happen post thyroidectomy due to thyroid cancer. And the reason why I say that is because literally the other day I had a patient that is a former thyroid cancer patient, thyroidectomy, no chemo or radiation, just the thyroidectomy. And she said something about her endocrinologist who was until she started working with me was dealing with her thyroid medication and was concerned that her TSH was suppressed. And I'm like, wait a minute, did, did anyone ever tell you that that's actually the goal after thyroid cancer is to keep your TSH suppressed? So I think it's worth mentioning. When we go down the other pathways of what other tests need to be done, we can go to the total. So we can go to total T3 and total T4. They're not as important. They're like bonus tests. If you have them, I will look at them. And it's interesting to kind of see the, the full picture because normally we will see a very low free T3. And so we'll also test free T3 and free T4, the unbound thyroid hormones. Remember T4 is inactive, T3 is active. So we want the totals and the free for both. Not as important to have the total, very important to have the free. And it's actually more important to have the free T3 than it is to have the free T4. Now, what I'll see the pattern of is a person will have low free T3, and then we'll go over to the total if it's there. And we just go, oh, look, that's low too. Duh. Of course it is. So it's nice to have the total. It's more important to have the free because I want to know what is in your body, unbound, ready to be taken up by the cell and used. I want to know the amount of T3 that is ready to attach onto the receptor site on your cell because every cell in your body has a receptor site on it for T3, not T4. So I really don't care that much about free T4. That just tells me the amount of inactive thyroid hormone that is ready to be converted into T3. But I don't really care if you don't have enough free T4, if you have enough free T3 on board and you feel good because we have to go back to how do you feel? Thyroid labs mean nothing if you feel like garbage. And they mean everything when we pair it up with your answer to the question of how do you feel? So that's the thyroid hormones. Now we move on to, and wait, let me back up real quick because it's also worth noting with all of the downloads and the free guides that I have on optimal ranges, we can give a very in general optimal range. So you'll hear me say free T4, like a one to 1.5. And we want free T3, 3.5 or above or in the upper quadrant of the range. But then I'll have patients that get hung up on that. This is where I keep saying this, thyroid treatment is very nuanced. It is not something that anyone and everyone can do. And again, I don't care if you're functional, integrative, some kind of hormone specialist, a hormone clinic, an OBGYN, I don't care. It is a nuanced art. And this is where we say, okay, and I've had to say this to patients. Okay, I know I give those optimal lab value ranges. However, you have to individualize it for each person. So if you are on 25 micrograms of Synthroid, and we have you on 25 micrograms twice a day of T3, 
because we have found that you don't convert very well. So if we go up in the T4, it's just going to push up your reverse T3. We can see that in your history. So we want to keep the T4 low. Now you might eventually be a T3 only candidate, but we want to keep the T4 low. If I'm keeping the T4 medication dose low, why would I want to push your free T4 up into a higher range? Why would I care that it's a 0.8 or a 0.9? I don't. So with that particular scenario of a patient, we actually, their optimal T4 is probably a 0.8 or 0.9. My optimal free T4 is, I don't care. It can be as low as possible because I'm on T3 only. So you see where it really becomes individualized for each person and what their history was, how they reacted to medication in the past, what their reverse T3 was, what their symptoms are now. So don't get too hung up on the numbers in the T4 realm, because actually it's very interesting. There was, and we'll get into reverse T3 in a hot second here. I had a patient a couple of weeks ago and I'm looking at the labs and on the one page that came up, it did not have the reverse T3 on it. That was on page number two. So here I am looking at the first page and I see free T4 was a 1.5, 1.6. And I said out loud, because we, we had already talked about her symptoms that were concerning her. And I said, I am betting with that much T4 on board, with, with as high as your free T4 is, I bet you have an elevated reverse. Flip the page, there's the reverse, 19. So I can almost predict now when I'm seeing the patterns of what the labs will be. I can even predict the labs based on talking to a person. I can tell a person how their labs are going to look based on the medication they're on and the symptoms that they have. This is probably what we're going to see when we test you. We're still going to test, but it's probably what we're going to see. Nine times out of 10, that's the pattern. And that's exactly what we see. When you've been doing this long enough, and this is where the nuanced art comes in, and I am, I am begging you, I am pleading with you, please do not just go to anyone that says that they do thyroid. You ask questions, you grill them, you get feedback, you do everything in your power to work with someone who specializes in the thyroid and hormones. Because many people would just, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, well... Their free T4 is optimal. I guess their reverse is in the normal range. So let's move on to reverse. Reverse T3 is the antithyroid hormone. It will attach to the receptor site on the cell for free T3. It will bind to it and it will be inactive. Meaning that it looks like T3, it binds to the receptor site of T3 and it does nothing. It doesn't give you a better metabolism. It doesn't give you energy. It doesn't grow your hair. It does nothing. It puts you in survival mode. Reverse T3 should be high in a clinical setting when you're in the ICU or the ER, when you're, when you're traumatized, when you're injured, when, when you're in an accident, when you have a huge infection. Reverse T3 is going to go up to protect the body because you don't need to be burning fat or feeling good when you're trying to heal and survive. Reverse T3 needs to be below a 12. So I'm sorry, I didn't go through the optimal ranges. TSH below a two. Free T4, again, you got to look at the whole picture. I'm not even going to give you the optimal because you'll get too hung up on it. Free T3 must be in the upper quadrant of the range. And reverse T3 below a 12. 
Now we have the TPO and TGA antibodies. There are two antibodies to test for Hashimoto's. There are two. Do not accept just one. There are two. Thyroglobulin, thyroperoxidase. These two antibodies tell us whether or not you have Hashimoto's and I want them at zero. So if the lab value reference range is less than 34 and you have 20 antibodies, you still have antibodies against your thyroid. Now, a couple other tests that you might hear kind of floating around, T3 uptake, again, bonus test, right? So T3 uptake, I love it at like 29, 30%. But if you don't have enough T3 to uptake, it doesn't really matter the percentage that your cells are uptaking the T3 because I want enough T3 on board for your cells to uptake it in the first place. There's also sex hormone binding globulin, which is definitely fantastic to get tested because not only does elevated SHBG bind to your free testosterone, a very important hormone, but it also binds to your estradiol and to your T3 to some degree, rendering it inactive. So you want to test your SHBG and you want that between a 60 and an 80. I have a whole separate podcast on what pushes SHBG up Kyle Gillette and I talked about it on my interview with him last week. So you can listen to that to learn more about sex hormone binding globulin and the importance of it. Now, many of you are very, very focused on your antibodies and your goal is to get those antibodies down, which I have also said in other podcasts, do not hang your hat on your antibodies because at the end of the day, I could push your antibodies to zero and you can through lifestyle changes. But if your thyroid hormones are off, it doesn't matter that your antibodies are at zero because I can show you another person who has their antibodies at 50 or 200 or 500, but their thyroid hormones are awesome and they feel fantastic, not even a symptom. Do you think that they care that their antibodies are elevated? I mean, we're going to still you know, keep working and pushing them down. You go gluten-free, reduce your, your stress levels, balance cortisol, and sometimes you're bringing on low-dose naltrexone, LDN, those, that lowers antibodies. That is a prescribed compound of medication. Naltrexone is used in alcoholism and opioid addiction in higher doses, like 50 milligrams, 100 milligrams. We're using one to 4.5 milligrams daily. And that reduces inflammation and reduces antibodies. The other thing that reduces antibodies actually is my favorite GSD hormone, testosterone. I'm going to be talking about this a little bit more at KetoCon this year, but testosterone really shows a ton of promise at lowering antibodies. So in addition to me being adamant about testing and treating low testosterone in both males and females and supporting healthy testosterone pathways, using hormone fixer, getting deep sleep, lifting heavy shit, all of that is going to support your testosterone. You also want to make sure that your free and total testosterone are tested and you want to make sure that they are optimal. Now you will hear literally 50% of practitioners that deal with hormones say that the free testosterone is the most important. 50% will say that total testosterone is more important. I like to look at both of them because I think they're both important because if you have a have an optimal total, but you have a low free, go back to the SHBG and see if that's high because that's probably binding to the free testosterone. There might be a prolactin problem. There might be, there just might be an issue even with growth hormone that is keeping the free testosterone 
from being at an optimal state. So we want to make sure that you have enough total on board and total for women 50 or above. And I say, or above, because I don't know where your optimal is going to be. Your optimal testosterone could be 200. It could be 300. I don't have a limit. Again, it's how do you feel? How do you feel? As long as you're not, as my dear friend, Karen Martell says, and I just absolutely love this. So I have to say it and give her credit kind of like, you know, steady with a little, little you know, footnote or whatever. A clitinus, if you're growing a clitinus, if you're growing a beard, then that's probably an issue. If you're breaking out cystic acne, your testosterone is probably too high. But then again, I have had women that have elevated testosterone, 200, 300, no androgenic side effects whatsoever. They feel great. Testosterone is absolutely protective against autoimmune. It lowers antibodies. Why do you think women are more prone to Hashimoto's. Why? Because we have lower testosterone. Testosterone is the most abundant hormone in a woman's body, but we have less of it than a man. We should. Men, your total testosterone better be above a 700. I mean, bare, bare bones minimum. Probably going to feel better around 900, 1,000, 1,100, something like that. Bare bones minimum 700. And estradiol between 30 and 50. Yes, we check estradiol on men as well. And we don't want it too low. We don't want it too high. We don't want you aromatizing over an estrogen, but we don't want it too low either. So those tests are vital, vital, vital to get the full picture. Now, I talked about testosterone, the importance of testosterone, how it protects against your antibodies going up. It actually helps to lower antibodies. That is an actual treatment to lower antibodies as well. And then we want to check the other hormones. So I mentioned SHBG. I mentioned testosterone. We want to also check estradiol, total estrogen. So let's break down the estrogen. You have total estrogen. You have estradiol, estrone, estriol. Estradiol, most abundant. That is very protective. That's where all the benefit comes in with bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. Some practitioners will use estriol as well. In addition to estradiol, most just use estradiol. We want to check your progesterone. And this is not a podcast on hormones, so I am not going down too many rabbit holes, but these are just the overview of the ones that you want to get. So total estrogen with the breakdown, we want progesterone, we want free and total testosterone, sex hormone binding globulin, luteinizing hormone, LH, follicle stimulating hormone, FSH. And yes, we also throw in a prolactin in both males and females obviously a PSA in males, well, DHEA. So we check DHEA in both males and females as well. And of course, cortisol and insulin because those two are hormones. So that, if you just stuck with that profile, that list alone, and you got nothing else, you didn't go down the Epstein-Barr virus rabbit hole or mold testing, or you didn't even do nutrients. You just did that profile. There's one other set of labs I'm going to talk about. You just did that profile alone. You are going to get so many answers. So many answers. Just with that, we can tell so much about what's going on in your body. Are you depressed? Are you anxious? Are you losing hair? Do you have low sex drive? Are you losing muscle mass? Are you tired? Are you gaining weight? You can't lose weight. You're constipated. Your joints hurt. You lost strength at the gym. I mean, I could keep going. You have high cholesterol. You have high insulin. You have type 2 diabetes. You have heart disease. 
You have clogged arteries. Are you on a statin? Are you on an antidepressant? Are you on a blood pressure medication? Are you on a sleeping pill? All of those, all of those signs, symptoms, conditions, disease states, diagnoses, they all point back to thyroid and hormones. One last grouping of tests you get that bears mentioning would be your iron panel with ferritin. Because if your ferritin is low, you're going to be anxious and you're going to have issues converting T4 to T3. If your ferritin is high, which I have seen a ton of lately as well, that is inflammation in the body. And we need to find the source. If you are being exposed to heavy metals of some sort, are you cooking in a cast iron skillet or do you just have a ton of inflammation where you need to go donate some blood or you need something addressed? Throw in some C60. So those are all the tests. I want to keep this nice, brief, short overview. Why? The nuances, the whole deal. Mentioning the GSD hormone once again, because it is so protective. And it, I, I just find it interesting that it lowers antibodies too. So that is it in a nutshell. Get those labs done so you can see the whole picture of your health. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I hope you loved it. And as always, if you would be so kind to leave a review, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, that would be absolutely amazing. I read all of them. Also, anything that you hear on this podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat any kind of medical condition. So we always recommend that you check with your medical provider, your doctor, your nurse practitioner before implementing anything that you hear on this podcast. And if you want to find out more about working together, you can click the link below in the show notes to book a discovery call. And there you'll be talking to a member of my team. They are an extension of me. They are amazing. And you and I will talk after that once we get you all signed up and you and I get to work together. All right. I hope to see you soon.